0: Welcome to What is Goat? My name is John Severn Napololo, here as always with Jamie Fry. What's up, everybody? What's up, Jamie? Today is our very special Halloween episode. Spooky episode <laughs> of What is Goat? <laughs> and we have a very special guest here with us. He is the producer-at-large at King Killer Studios. Please welcome Ian Elkind.
1: Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. good. Thank welcome you for having me.
0: We had Leon. to... When Leon. we had to do a Halloween episode, we knew we had to have Ian on, who is the... Biggest Marilyn Manson fan we know, and that's who we're talking about today. What was your kind of like intro to Marilyn Manson? What was like your first uh, experience with, with Manson and the music?
1: A lot later in life is when I got more into it. Mm-hmm. It was like, you guys probably relate to this, where you're you're in junior high school, high school time, and you like certain kind of music, but you're not one of those kind of kids that's gonna be like i'm gonna put on the shirts and i'm gonna <laughs> you know like i <laughs> yeah, was always totally. a kid who liked punk rock i liked hardcore i liked metal i liked a whole bunch of, but i never was like i'm gonna wear this band shirt or like i'm gonna to commit to this look and mm-hmm. it was like a lot of kids who liked marilyn manson and bands like that it was like you knew it was like you you saw them and you're like you're a marilyn manson kid so no one really expected when they saw me is like dude's wearing his Purple Gap shirt or like Old Navy clothes, whatever. That's that I was into that kind of thing, and I think it started. You know, it was like I was kind of a a, a closet fan of a lot of things because so many of our you know counterparts really like hip hop, and it was not cool to like certain music that now in our 30s has now become like very much appreciated overall, and it's like it's cool now. So it's it started when it wasn't cool, but yeah, I'm kind of a capitalizing on it being cool.
0: (laughs) It's funny because even in an attempt when you're a kid, when you're in high school, maybe you want to break out of whatever box it is, but then you kind of realize you're just putting yourself into another box. So it's that same kind of thing. Like, well, I like this music and and I'll admit to liking this music, but like if I go the whole nine yards with, the t-shirts and the fashion and the makeup maybe then i'm like a certain type of kid and things are expected of me or right sir i'm supposed to hang out with certain kids in the school whatever it is you know it was just a lot less ex- like for me it was like i
1: would express it like something and somebody i knew would be like here's this cd mm-hmm. you want to take this home and like whip open their giant book of cds and be like here's three like take this go listen to this and mm-hmm. that was the way that you could hear it and it's you know now it's When we started doing the cover band, when you know Gwen, Jesse, and the gang asked. Oh yeah, let's
2: let's say this. Uh, Ian is part of, um, and John, you're in the band too. Uh, These two guys, not me, uh, are in are in um, one of the best cover bands probably of all time, the Spooky Kids, which is a eight piece, seven piece, eight piece Marilyn Manson cover band.
1: In true Marilyn Manson form, I'm like kind of trying to think of who's in the band in my head.
2: (laughs) Marilyn Manson is a group that really benefited from having less information about that. They're one of the last rock groups that was able to benefit from mystique. And I think that's that's like what you were talking about, the social implications of liking Marilyn Manson. I think it's because they were built up as a lore. Like Mm -hmm. everybody our age remembers hearing a rumor (laughs) that... Marilyn Manson had a rib (laughs) removed so he could flate himself. Now, in this day and age, that rumor would probably be killed within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. But because it wasn't, you know, the super information age, it was like basically the end of any kind of naivete for the way we treat our pop stars that we could actually be like, oh, my God, I heard the craziest thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Marilyn Manson sucks his own dick. It sort of represents how information traveled and really how information will never travel again because that rumor along with a handful of other sort of urban legends are the types of things that you can ask anyone who was of a certain age in the 90s no matter where they were where they lived or where they went to school throughout the United States everyone knows that everyone had heard that from somebody and it's amazing how you're right like in the internet age that that wouldn't happen, and if it did, it would just be a blip here today, gone tomorrow. Conspiracy theory, like every other piece of nonsense you hear. Well,
1: it's just like the Ozzy, you know, with the bat. It's the same yeah, thing. And right? You could watch like the interview he does when he's got his short hair in the '80s, and he's talking about that whole kind of mystique, and he's like, you know, everybody wants me to be Ozzy boy and he's like, but I'm I'm also just Ozzy. But you know, then it becomes this blurred line, and I think that's kind of where we are with Marilyn Manson now is what he became and how he's, there really is no blurred line anymore. It's like, this is, this is who he is. This is how he acts normally. Like he's not making that much music. He's not touring that much. He did the same tour with Rob Zombie two years in a row. It just seemed like he can do it. It's comfortable. He doesn't have to play that long. Or they're playing like, what did they play? Like Nine songs or something. It wasn't like long, long sets. And then he can go be a celebrity mm-hmm. and do things like go to the walking dead premiere and hang out with celebrities. Like, it seems like he's, Now really enjoys that kind of hang out with celebrity lifestyle where it's like I am now just you recognize me I have my own dildo like I you know (laughs) he's become it's it's very much in the same way like Kiss just branded everything but he's he's his own brand now and it's like he's gonna live that out whether he is still being you know the shocking guy that he was because no one's shocked by it you can't do that kind of shock anymore it's all nostalgic
0: but i think you're onto something in terms of that and you hit on this too jamie that if you create something that's sort of um calculated right you have a persona you have a stage show you have all these types of things you have certain iconography letting people in on anything outside of that maybe the real you the personal you the types of things that maybe tabloids or journalists would clue in on an internet age that's detrimental to what you're putting out there because you want to have sort of full control of what people see in your art now that doesn't matter much if you're for lack of a better term like a more honest musician or authentic music just in the term of like think of a singer songwriter just like i'm not writing characters i'm not coming up with concepts i'm just like you know pulling pages from my diaries writing love songs because i'm in love that type of thing it doesn't hinder that because the two are really in line but with somebody like him or even bands that are just much more abstract like we talked about radiohead another band that like of that era right they really gained a lot by the fact that their audience would only have whatever information the artist gave to them
1: yeah if you look at rock billboard right now you've got tool godsmack (laughs) corn slipknot all in like the top 20 rock billboard and they're all bands that like you know they came out 20 (laughs) years ago and you know all these bands like especially a band like you know slipknot or tool or they had this weird mystique about them and like you didn't really know about them and like manson and slipknot would tour together the same Mm -hmm. thing it was like these guys in masks these guys who put on this makeup and who act a certain way and you don't know who they are and they seem like they're just these crazy wild animal people but then when you see it in you know 2019 you can follow all these people on Instagram and <laughs> right. see their real life and if you want to you can message them and some of them get back to you and like i've done uh, that with yeah. some with some you know celebrity musicians who you know i've had even been able to record or yeah. whatever it is where you actually can contact them and see them talking directly to you rather than through you know like an MTV interview or like yeah, having yeah. to watch TRL to see them come out and like talk how they hate Fred Durst, or whatever. It's like all that kind of weird, it's it, that all those lines are gone. Yeah. Someone can just come and give you themselves. It's, it's very
2: strange. I don't think
0: I'd want that. Like for somebody no, like, like that, like it's you very want weird. the
2: mystique, you want that wall between you. I don't think that that really makes people like the band better. I think it's just that that's a symptom of what people do now versus what people used to do before right all those groups that you mentioned that are selling records now none of them would get away with what they do today because they were their persona that they were inventing would be deflated immediately you know like Marilyn Manson's <laughs> persona yeah. we all loved him he had so many implications because it was so um everything about him was contrived mm-hmm. in a good way and mm-hmm. that he's He's not a great singer he's a great conceptual artist and his concepts were all so dead on that he was able to make this person that everyone talked about and literally affected people's lives like when we were kids like marilyn manson was such a signifier like having a marilyn manson t-shirt like you could almost tie and then with the columbine thing it's like that like even though that was a stupid thing and marilyn manson like you know he one of his best moments in his career is He's being interviewed by Michael Moore and he just like reveals, I am a thoughtful, intelligent artist that understands exactly what's going on Mm -hmm. with myself, how I'm received and my fans. And he, you know, that was like a moment where he sort of like stepped out Mm -hmm. of what he did. But it's like that all that stuff just contributes to how prevalent a personality he was. Nowadays, I don't think you could. Pull it off because they want you to give them content all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, people it would be the same. People sniff around too much, yeah. and then pro- like, I mean, it seems to me that almost every like working artist has to have daily content on the Instagram, Facebook, etc. And, like, you know, Marilyn Manson couldn't come up like that. There would be no mystique about him. He would be deflated immediately. He would just, like, come off as, like, kind of a poser, I well, think. Yeah, it was the com- yeah.
1: Com- comes off kind of phony, and it's like, when you go back to the, you know, the Columbine time, it's like, he was a little bit... You could tell he was a little bit blindsided by that, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a, a wow kind of, I have that much power. Um, and with that, kind of comes you know that responsibility of how do you react to that, and having... You know, a guy like that react in the way that he did. That was like, people kept being like, "Oh, he's actually smart."
0: Yeah, and it's like that's well, what you kept hearing. And I mean, that was the
1: thing that you well, people like thought lot. he
2: was like a lizard man. Like, really, that's the thing. It's like he was able to. He's not Iggy Pop. Convince, he's not but he was able to convince um, a really large number of people that he was sort of inhuman Mm -hmm. and then some people like that and Mm -hmm. some people hated that and it worked yeah
0: talk about great acting yeah i mean this is like the same thing you know performance yeah Yeah. you know if you know somebody yells your character's name at you as you walk down the street from a movie it's the same thing like people bought in so hard you're right in that that was the refrain was like people couldn't believe like wait he's not just like a maniac (laughs) he's not just like a psychopath right oh he's an artist playing a part so convincingly that we can't tell the difference
1: but then he also has you know you the i am a maniac and i tell people to drink absinthe until they can't stand and you know it's it's, if you go down that path of like (laughs) it's a character that you can get into and going back to like the halloween and the cover band and doing this stuff is like when we first did it like other people in the band can attest to it i kind of went into it in like a character method acting way where i kept researching and being like wow this guy's kind of a maniac well i'm gonna like I'm going to try some of these things. I'm going to, I'm going to drink a bunch when I'm like, I'm going to do these, I'm going to drink some absinthe and go play this show. I'm going to do these things. And I remember having Gwen being like, dude, like when this is shows <laughs> over, like you're going to, you're going to stop, right? You're going <laughs> to chill out. Right. Cause you're, you're going hard. And it was like, you kind of get into this headspace yeah. and you can see how, if you're, if you're doing that every day, you might go kind of crazy. And it's like uh-huh. Twiggy, their bass player, who's no bass player no more because of his, uh, alleged sexual misconduct. Yeah. Um he he said he didn't play in the band for a because He was like I didn't want to do Halloween every day. He was like it became <laughs> Halloween literally every single day. <laughs> yep. But he had to got Marilyn Manson according to him he was like you can't have a beard, you have to shave. I don't like facial hair, I don't like body hair. Like it was very to a T and mm-hmm. things are calculated in a way and it's like if you don't do it a certain way, you're not going to you're fired, you know. And it's that's a that's I feel like that's the misconception of a lot of like rock music in general and and musicianship in general that it's just like this you're just getting fucked up and having this great time and there's not really work involved mm-hmm. and it's there's so much work involved i mean you guys can attest to it you guys play
2: yeah i mean they like do a broadway show that's the yeah thing. and like you're doing it every you know. night you're yeah. going out every night yeah that's the the. i mean marilyn manson is is theater mm-hmm. there's kind of different ways you can go about a persona in rock music and then you can sort of mix and match it's like you know the the bruce springsteen route is like i'm bruce springsteen and sort of I wear my regular clothes and I'm a regular guy. And I'm speaking to you for myself now. In actuality, he he um, so writes stories and yeah. does characters also, but he does it in a way where it's like I'm the guy or like Elvis Costello. He's like right. oh, he, he has a he uses a pseudonym, but the lines are clear. He's like kind of like when he sits down at a talk show when Bruce B. sits down at a talk show or something. Yeah. It's like they're you know it's then they walk out on the street and it's the same thing. Yeah. And then you have you're like. Oh, Brian Warner is dead. Right, Marilyn, right. Like Brian right. Warner has never performed a show. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, the whole impetus of him performing, he's not even really a musician. It's very similar to drag queen. Like Marilyn Manson right. and RuPaul, like yeah. have the same
0: job mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's very vaudeville. You know? And like, you yeah. know, it's, it has it, that. It is, it is the theater element, yeah. you know. And you can attest to it personally from talking about your experiences. I think they exactly mirror his, which is that when you are truly method acting, both the strength and the danger of that is nobody knows where that line is anymore. Oh
1: yeah, no, it definitely becomes very weird and blurry. And that's like something that I've always loved about that kind of music. It was like, it let me kind of go into a space that somewhat seems unsafe. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's okay because it's just music. It's something it's, but when you get into performative parts of that, you kind of, there is a, blurred line of what you do and especially if you're putting on makeup or you're putting on a mask or anything like that, you watch yourself transform mm-hmm. and then you go out and do this thing which you your inhibitions go away and you're allowed to kind of do what you want because you're not there anymore you're whatever character you've created and it's very freeing and I could see that why it is so difficult to keep going and keep going. but something you said before Jamie that I think is kind of interesting when you're talking about uh, Springsteen, totally different kind of genre totally but i would say trent Reznor is another kind of guy that's like that he's always the same guy yeah. he's always gonna look the same he yeah. talks the same on interviews that he does on stage
2: he's a regular guy from cleveland who just <laughs> had some funny clothes yeah you
1: know he wears a lot of dark you know yeah. but he's like he he's telling his story he's doing the yeah. same thing and i mean he's he is the uh, Marilyn manson creator mm-hmm. yeah yeah He's, He's like the, 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 And Dre. then you get all yeah. the stories about him of like locking them in the studio for, you know, the 48 hours being like, you're not getting out until you finish the record. We're not, you, yeah. you got to pee in the corner. You know, yeah. like you hear all these crazy stories that no one really knows
0: what's true and what's not because there's no camera. You could look at Manson as from an, a perspective of a listener and go, I'm not sure where, where one thing begins and the other ends, but... When he is in control or when anyone is in control of whatever character they're playing, like you're saying, and there's something very liberating about it. And I read that he described it, I think, as Brian Warner bought the copyright to, quote, Marilyn Manson. Not only has he created a character, you know, there's like a legal copyright around this person who he designates as a different thing. When right, it's like a corporation. Yeah, right. it's like that's his LLC, as right. Marilyn right. Manson, and it will account for every dollar he's <laughs> yeah, ever made, right. which is in also his life, You know, yeah. since he was like a, a janitor yeah. or whatever. Before we get too far, I want you because we didn't have a chance. Usually, we do this toward the beginning, but we just we've done we're really off to the race because there's so much to talk about. Jamie, are you a Marilyn Manson fan? And what was your first relationship with Marilyn Manson?
2: Yeah, I'm a fan to a degree. I mean, I think he is a great artist. I really do. I think that he has two records that are really good and then maybe four good songs on all the rest of his albums. <laughs> yeah. You know that like that would be generous, I would say. Like yeah. oh oh most of like most of his music is not absolutely inspired, but I think that has to do with the fact that he's a guy who doesn't play guitar or piano or anything like that. Mm. So the other people around him dictate what the records sound like and he lost control. But I really like the records, um, Antichrist Superstar and Mechanical Animals. I mean, those are really good albums. But moreover is that I loved Marilyn Manson. I read his memoir, which is one of my favorite rock memoirs, and just proves what an excellent creative guy he is because his book rules and has a lot to say, kind of, and I really recommend reading it. It's kind of like a really good coming-of-age story that also just tells you how kind of disgusting it is to be rock star like it kind of like in the same uh, it's the same guy uh, Neil Strauss who did The Dirt by Motley Crue which I love right. but this book is better in a way because he's m- more frank about certain things and he's a, he's a very creative guy but he, I'm a fan of his I liked him when I was in high school but I was never a huge fan you know why because I didn't it's like the same thing you were saying yeah. and it's like it seemed kind of like even it. We were almost, like, we were, like, a little young for, like, the first wave of, like, crazy Manson goths. Mm -hmm. Like, we were a little young for that. Like, I remember when I was, like, sort of still, like, a little naive, a little naive about, like, the implications of sort of extreme music, I guess Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Like, when you're a kid and you hear, like, shit like, I want to fuck you like an animal or don't like the drugs, Mm -hmm. and the drugs like me, and you're a kid and you don't know anything about drugs or sex, like, this is kind of a weird... The relationship of that is weird and I think that like I probably didn't want my parents to think that I liked Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah. Now, everything I just said is fucking awesome. <laughs> because that is that is an example of like music like creating an affect mm-hmm. and like art kind of going beyond its base value to create this other value. And at the time it's so interesting because like this was a more liberal time period in some ways. And that's why Marilyn Manson like got as far as he did. But he was like, literally like, he was like, I'm going to polarize the music industry about me Mm -hmm. and kind of expose hypocrisy elsewhere. Because in a way there's freedom in artifice. He created this artificial monster, right? like a monster human that just like, and it's, you know what? It's interesting too, because the other thing that was like Marilyn Manson and let's say, like, what is this age? Like, when we were really... Really, our growing up years were, like, we probably started buying records. would be something like 1996 to mm-hmm. 2000, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, that would be, like, his heyday. Yeah. So, like, this is, like... We were, like, kind of babies becoming teenagers mm-hmm. yeah. during those years. Like, like, sort of pre-teens, right? So, there were two things that people who were older always had an opinion about. And one was Marilyn Manson, and the other was rap music. Mm-hmm. Now... Yeah. The way that people talked about rap music seems totally racist now.
0: Or at least, well, at least
2: at least tone deaf. Like tone there deaf. was just like tons of white people right. being like, "I don't fucking get what's the right. deal with these guys." Yeah. I don't know why they wear their. The pants refrain low. is, "I don't get it." Right. and like
0: the, instead of stopping at that and realizing, well, then the problem is you because you don't get it. But you're right. Then it goes from there into a sort of like really regressive conservative. Well, as no, as
2: well. and no, rap music was scary, and the same thing that like yeah. Marilyn Manson put off people with certain values. It's like the people who. Were like the the big artists in rap music because of you know their personas scared people. Yeah, and they were talking about violence. They were talking about sex. They were talking about drugs. It absolutely freaked people out. Rap music is classic now. If you if you have the same conversation you did then, you'd be like, uh, you're kind of like not absorbing the cultural implications of this music because hip hop mm-hmm. has now been deemed. Important cultural music, mm-hmm. the Library of Congress and Smithsonian will have many, mm-hmm. many rap records. Mm-hmm. Like this will be part of the canon. Mm-hmm. So it's like rap music really freaked people out on a level where people were like telling me as a kid, they're like, I don't get it. I want this trend to end. You're right. You I heard want this that. to be over. But you'd hear guys like affect George me. Harrison. Yeah, totally. They were like,
1: this is bad music. Totally. And like having it's guys especially music. like who yeah. people like our parents' age, not yeah, totally yeah. interrupt you, but like they love the Beatles. So the Beatles is yeah. something I was always you're wearing a Beatles shirt right now. Yes, which is I like, am. But they, It was something that was always like that. Was kind of the first music that I owned because it was something that my parents felt safe to give to me. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes along the lines of the Manson mm-hmm. things. I remember they gave me the White Album, and I heard Helter Skelter and was like, "Hey, Mom, do the Beatles have anything like heavy like this? Do you have more <laughs> heavy?" Music? And she literally laughed yeah. out loud and was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "I don't know. This this goes somewhere. Like, I want to hear more like that." And I didn't know what it was, but it was like, I liked something here. That was the seed of heavy music for me. Having something like Marilyn Manson, it became this thing where, like you said, it points out a lot of hypocrisies. It's like the whole idea was take something that's like Charles Manson and like the beauty of Marilyn and the obsession with, with both, the obsession with the violence and the beauty and being able to just pump blame on anything. And that's with, you know, to this day, people are like, why does he do stuff? On his last tour with like guns and everything, and people were mad. It was like he's bringing out these like gun shaped microphones, and it's like after all these shootings are happening, and it's like you can't forget that he was the guy who was blamed for Columbine, who've been putting out this information that was like, hey, America's obsessed with guns. You yeah. guys love guns, yeah. And the fact that it is in some way satire, like a lot of shock rock, stuff, absolutely, it's all satire, and. When people take it to that point, like in 2019, to say, why does Marilyn Manson on, to have guns on stage? It's like, this guy has never been PC. He's not going to be sensitive to these things. And he's pointing them out in a way that's kind of like, hey, fuck you. You did this. You made me. Well, what's the... You know? I, he
0: has the the line, and this always stuck with me, of he's speaking to the listener. He says, I am your shit, right. and you should be ashamed of what you've eaten. And I think that's a really good encapsulation of what he's trying to do of. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you not like that I have gun props on stage? Well, then maybe we you should do something about all these mass shootings right and, and then I w- like, then this wouldn't be relevant you yeah know? he's only he is only a response to some to the greater American society starting a certain conversation. He's responding to that, and he's very clear about if you don't like what I'm doing, then you should change your behavior. He's
1: like the dirty reflection that everyone tries to not see and it's like especially with like the way he goes into sexuality
0: and the most powerful thing about him is is he's able to elicit those reactions and they become a real life boiling point that he can point to and say hey listen if you're outraged the things i'm saying and not doing strictly saying then why aren't you outraged by the people who are performing the actions that i'm saying that's where i'm he's proving the hypocrisy of a given person who's outraged by his music and i think to jamie's point earlier too the, the worst thing you can do as a listener is to, say, is to be dismissive to anything, to say to anything you listen to, well, I don't get it, or it doesn't speak to me personally, so it must have no value. So it's bad. Right. Yeah. The least you can do is say, well, look, this is resonating with huge swaths of people, whether it's hip hop, whether it's Manson, whether it's something out there today. Even in our conversation we had here about Drake, Jamie, your reaction was, I think this isn't for me. And that's probably right. But that's not the same thing as saying this is objectively bad and should be destroyed. And that's when you get into trouble. And I think a smart thing that he's gone on record as saying in the midst of all the hysteria in the 90s about him was to say to these various politicians who were trying to literally pass legislation to get him banned and to get his music off the air is saying, if your kids are reacting to what I'm doing and they're enjoying it, the problem is not me. The problem is that you need to start understanding your children. You know, that's a relationship that's worth looking into. Not the relationship I have on the stage with who's listening. Right.
1: And I think what's like when you talked about it before, you talked about, like, are you a fan? And I think it's interesting that we don't, even in this, like, conversation, we're not really talking much about his music. Right. Because I personally... don't think his music overall it's like there's a lot of it and i think a lot of it sucks <laughs> like i wouldn't sit down and be like yeah i'm gonna go listen to this full Marilyn manson record right now mm-hmm. right there's but two there's totally two that are go, cool like, you know, out it's of like, all of them yeah but i will watch the video oh yeah certainly it was like it's so much more than just about music we did one practice where we we tried to just play acoustic cuz our remember the uh right. like the power went down so we're playing beautiful people acoustic and it's it's so bad <laughs> like this is a terrible song this song is <laughs> grand, it's terrible there's nothing good about it but listening to it you're like yeah i i i'm into this and yeah. it's it goes into it's the production of it the whole mm-hmm. thing but then the whole surrounding factor and like you were saying before with like when you get senators and and politicians involved saying something is bad they immediately just validated why this thing is going to last forever absolutely. <laughs> and like, yeah. absolutely. it's like the best well thing that you can fucking do for, for it's it's thank you thank yeah. you so much for banning this and going on tv and saying that i am the problem because like that's I, I I could only hope for that. As if I were a producer, and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing any work I'm doing. Have somebody call me out and be like, "We should we should burn all this stuff that he yeah. does."
0: It gives it yeah. importance. Everybody where there wants to before. know. Everybody
1: that, and that was the whole Marilyn Manson thing was that people want that thing. You want to look at what you're told not to look at,
0: and that's exactly where he begins too. I mean, that's what I read. Is he? You know, he said from like an early age as a child going to Catholic schools. You know, he got off on you know, in the most basic childhood way, being bad. He liked getting caught doing what he wasn't supposed to do, saying what he wasn't supposed to say. It basically became his kink. And then music, his actual music, was a way of just reproducing that kink, playing it out on a massive scale for people to see. Yeah, ripping up a Bible on stage. Like,
1: if when you do that, you immediately are going to piss off a lot of people, but you're also going to incite this hysteria of confusion and excitement yeah adrenaline everything's very heavy-handed and I find that like not a lot of musicians who've done that have stood the test of time where they still are relevant and somehow a 50 something year old Marilyn Manson still stays relevant in pop culture and that's pretty astounding given the fact that like he can't really sing that much anymore, and he's not really in great shape. And hasn't made a good like, record. Hasn't made long a good time. record. The yeah. last record that came out, like it was exciting. There was still excitement around it. And oh, it was, absolutely! It's like, yeah. You know,
2: like what? He, what's he gonna do? Yeah. yeah.
1: But I will say, I saw him live two years ago at Hammerstein, which is not even called Hammerstein anymore, right? It's called something else. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's, not, it's um, That's that's. Yeah, it's not still Hammerstein anymore, to me. Yeah. Yeah. But midway through the set, he tried to climb one of the gun stage props and he slipped and it fell and it fell on him and show was over. He got through like 60% of the set, but it was like even that much people around us were like, he's doing good tonight. Like, you know, it's like you, the fan base was just like really kind of trying to be like, all right, yeah, man, sing it. Come on. But he's like, he was visibly fucked up. And it's like, that's been the thing too, where it's like, you don't know what you're going to get. Tickets to that kind of show are not cheap. Mm -hmm, And like, if you're going to go to a show like that, It's just bad. The show is bad. It's really disappointing, and it deflates the whole thing where it becomes kind of this cheap carnival rather than this, like, big vaudeville thing. The fact that no one – like, you can still put on this makeup, and you go hang out with celebrities, and you – you know, your best friends with Johnny Depp, and like it's this weird thing that I can't really understand, and I would never want to live that lifestyle personally. I just don't think I, well, I, I don't think I'd even be think dead. He you know? wants like, to do it. I th- I it's think like like, too yeah, late like, for when him. When do you
2: stop? I think he went all the do way you down kill that road.
1: And then just go back and be Brian? Never.
2: He can't. Like, you can't. He can't do it. Brian Warner, foremost, it's like more than being a musician, he is a rock and roll obsessive. Yeah. Rock and roll. He's really one of these kids. Then rock and roll, just like found him and dictated everything that would happen to him in the rest of his life. Huge and Bowie he, fan. Yeah. He was obsessed with David Bowie, he was obsessed with the Beatles, obsessed with Kiss and Ozzy Osbourne, Alice Cooper, Sex Pistols, punk, yep. alternative music, whatever. He loved it all, he was a rock writer before that, which means he spent a lot of time thinking about rock and roll, what it means. And at the core of it, that shocking thing, that wild persona, is one of the really basic things that made the music happen? Because I mean, even if you think about Elvis on television, they wouldn't show his legs. What's Elvis doing? What's happening underneath Elvis's waist? That question, like you know, like like it was a sexual Just moving um, that dick around. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like a sexual revelation for America yeah. after Marilyn Manson's wave. That was kind of over. Something I I hate is how predictable everything has become. You don't go to a lot of shows. Or even follow a careers, right? You're like, what the hell are they going to do next? What's his? like? I love Courtney Love, for example. I think she's a great rock persona. She doesn't do well like Marilyn Manson's. Like, people like this, they're don't buddies, do, though. They, they are buddies. They're like,
1: via following Frenemies. him on Instagram, she comments on all this. They're like, pal yeah. pals. They're like,
2: well, they're the last two people, or among the last two people that kind of live rock and roll or have lived rock and roll. A hundred percent. Whereas when rock and roll was like more prevalent, you could play this out in a micro way. And now like people don't do it anymore. Cause they're not really like committed to that. But I mean, I think that that like wild, um, I'm going to chase this dragon with my whole life. Like someone like Ozzy Osbourne also, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people like that. And obviously like, you know, these people usually become addicts and, you know, lose some of their selves, but there's a whole world of that, and that is it is. I mean, at a certain point, it was absolutely subversive. You know, the, like something like the Sex Pistols—they were all about subverting. Th- like they, they wasn't absolutely a point to it, except that they freaked people out.
0: like <laughs> there's definitely a similarity. The Sex Pistols are trying to shock. Manson's trying to shock. They're trying to break boundaries, but at least as far as I can tell, the Sex Pistols are playing checkers and Manson's playing chess. Manson is carefully calculating something and he's thinking two and three moves in advance, thinking, I know how the public is going to respond to this. I know how kids are going to respond, how adults are going to respond. And then here's the next thing they're going to see. So what he's doing is a little calculated or very calculated, but there's a method to that madness. I think that what makes that feel clever, though, falls away when it's not executed absolutely 100 percent right so when you see a show like that and you know everything we can sit here and say about how interesting and thoughtful the work he does is and how strange and precise it can be then when you see someone who's basically goes through periods where they're kind of like a barely functioning alcoholic or drug addict that argument doesn't feel like it holds water anymore it doesn't feel like it holds weight it feels like I don't know that I buy that this is so well-constructed. Look at this guy. He can't stand, you know, is that fair or unfair? I mean,
1: I would say look at like a Gigi Allen character. I don't think anybody would be into that now. I think, I think that like that has kind of, we've passed that in a way. It's like Gigi Allen was a dude who was like, his birth name was Jesus Christ. By the right. way, if you yeah. look at, it, he's got the most insane story. Yeah, but his he's, parents were completely his parents insane. were completely insane. But then you get Gigi Allen, who's this guy who starts fights with people on stage, who shits on people, who runs around naked, and who's doing tons of heroin. It's people don't want that now at all, and right. they didn't want it then. But it did. It, it ha, there was something about no, it, you know what I mean? It was this cold thing.
2: Yeah. but it was also people heard about that. The thing is, is that right. th- There was a there was a folklore, a right. word of mouth about this guy Gigi Allen, who's like a punk singer, but actually what he does is just he's this filthy as humanly possible now it's like someone would film them on their phone and that's like you don't need to go you see would it. get a clip and then be like well now we're bored what's he gonna do now and then in in the end you know people
0: would lose interest i think i think you were talking before too about how it's funny that in this conversation like we're talking about a lot of the implications and not as much about maybe the the strict musical aspect of it but in a weird way i think that's a perfect encapsulation because i think most people can't name a Marilyn Manson song, or maybe you can only name one, but most people can probably point him out in a the lineup. They know what he looks yeah. like. They know some of the iconography. And even going back, I'm thinking my first experience with Marilyn Manson was when I was a little kid, I, I didn't have cable growing up. And so I would go to my friend's house and he had cable and we'd watch MTV and we were, I don't know, we were pretty young, maybe like seven or eight. And this is that heyday, I think we've mentioned this on, on the podcast before, This is that heyday in the mid-90s where every rock act, every grunge and post-grunge act were trying to make really strange, dark, psychedelic videos. This is the era of um, Heart-Shaped Box by Nirvana, Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. And right alongside that was The Beautiful People and Sweet Dreams. And I remember seeing that. And this friend of mine, too, he had a much older sister... And it's that classic thing of you know you'd go through her CDs and it was the stuff that we didn't know about yet and she had smells like children and we'd be listening to that and seeing these videos and being like I'm not even sure this is music you know I mean there's a lot of stuff on that that's more like soundscapes and weird like tape loopy stuff and it's creepy as hell it's still creepy now and this is for like a kid it was real it it was that perfect mix when something works really well where it kind of scares you it kind of freaks you out you don't understand it but then as soon as you walk away from it you you can't stop thinking about it and you want to go back and investigate further and i've always been that kind of person that's when i know something's really working for me where i go if maybe i watch a movie or something and i go i got to go home i got to like find out more about who wrote this i got to find out more about how this was made you know and that music and that iconography those videos it starts all that going in your mind even if you you don't know if you're a fan yet you don't know if you like it you don't right. know if the music is good but you're captivated and you you got to delve deeper
2: yeah he uses he uses curiosity in a challenging way because there's a lot and it's it's so interesting now because in a way he was really ahead of his time. In some ways, he isn't. In some ways, he's extremely dated, whereas, like, people, like, society has come up with a much more intelligent way to talk about some of the stuff that he's talked about and look at some of the stuff that are his topics. However, like, in 2019, modern culture is discussing queerness and kink and a lot of stuff like that that are a part of life. And, like, in his book, he tells a story about he went to his attic and he discovered his grandfather's stuff, and it was all these like 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 BDSM polaroids and like <laughs> bestiality polaroids and like you know like 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 proto pornography, yeah. you know, before like you could sell a magazine, you know. So it's like you know stuff you'd probably have to order and stuff, and like really like the hidden world of sexuality, and he almost like created like a safe space where you know you could kind of flirt with these ideas, these dangerous ideas, yeah. which are actually, and now it's like when you're an adult and in, in a world that understands sex much better. That's something that's really different mm-hmm. from now to 20 years ago is that our culture understands sex. He was kind of giving us little hints and tools in his music to like understand the nuances of sexuality. I think that some some of the things that have not aged well is like the anti-religious stuff. Some of the stuff I'm like, you know what? This just seems actually kind of intolerant mm-hmm. rather than being a beacon for tolerance. But then that's the line he walks. I mean, he has I he mean, put like, out a dildo last
1: year that's all black and it's his face with the makeup on it. So it's basically like you were inserting his face into you. And it's like, <laughs> that's the whole idea behind it. <laughs> but if you're a kid, you're like, what's a dildo? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think having certain music like this and like a Marilyn Manson character that was around when we were preteens and now we're in our thirties and you know, we've grown, we know a lot more about things and we've gone through a lot of the same kind of experiences that are being talked about that we know nothing about. And then you experience it in your own life, whether it be, you know, like drug, sex, religion, different constructs, whatever. When you can still hear that music that you listened to and didn't know what they were talking about 20 years ago and listen to it today and have a totally different experience that's pretty powerful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's relatively easy to draw a fan in when the fan and the artist are super similar. You know, if you're a right, part,
2: you see yourself, you see yourself in, in that person. If as you're a reflection, right. like television, right, same like, thing. Yeah. if
0: you're a teenage girl and you're watching Britney Spears, another teenage girl sing about being a teenage girl, it's not a far walk. Like you get exact mm-hmm. you don't have to wonder why that works. Now, if you're, you know young you're a kid and you're seeing this very weird very adult stuff and you have no experience firsthand with sex or religion or all these (laughs) violence all these things but it still grabs you and you still want to go back for more that's also i'd say the power in what you talked about before jamie and the rise of hip-hop most hip-hop consumers are young white men it is not music that actually the success of is directly attributed to the audience being anywhere near the same boat as the other. Now, you could say that might have more of a morbid uh, fascination, but I think there's still something incredibly strong about that. I think it's easier to get a fan when the fan is just like you as an artist. I think it's an immense success when you have fans or listeners who are nothing like you and have had completely different life experiences and they still like the music. But you
2: touch on the thesis of Marilyn Manson. Everyone is a freak inside. (laughs) Everyone is an outsider. It's like, okay, like you're a televangelist and you're literally telling people that certain kind of sex is wrong and certain kind of people are wrong. It's like, you're a fucking freak also. Inside of you is is a freak. I think everyone who's really good at rock and roll shows a way to be different. You know, and even even someone like Madonna. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like, you could take Madonna as like a crass capitalist making music that is literally to make money. Or it can be like, this is someone who opened up people's worlds. You right. know, you could look right. at it two ways. It's in the eye of the beholder. You know? Is she
0: just selling sex on a very crass basic level or is she trying to break boundaries? And I think you can make the same argument either way for her and either way for mansa depending yeah. on how you look at it. But I think
1: there's there's definitely a bit of both and all of it because yeah. at the yeah. end of the day it's like if you're going to be a musician and you last and that's going to be what you do, you're going to go like You have to make money
0: yeah there's no way
1: you can maintain it and you have to have a team that can put on these kind of big productions if we're you know bring back to the hip-hop Eminem talks about it. he's like you know they they blame it on Marilyn yeah and it's like Marilyn Manson started coming out during Eminem shows and like showing up and being a celebrity out there and it's like that's kind of a crazy weird thing to see too you got this guy who's this white dude from Detroit who became this phenom during that time who everybody wanted to blame stuff on him too Mm -hmm. and be like Look, it's you. It's your fault. You're getting kids. Kids are trying all these drugs because of you. And he's like, No, like I, I grew up this, like, I am a product of this society, and it's not my fault, and it's not this other dude's fault who you tried to blame before. Just calling back and seeing that like, kind of snowball effect Mm -hmm. of of one artist to another, where it's like you're just doing the same thing again. The same things continue to happen, Mm -hmm. and like now in 2019, we're kind of in the same spot again. But everything is so magnified, and it's like, you talk about Marilyn Manson, the big thing where they, one shooting that happened, and that was one of the, you know, the first really big kind of shocking, and And then this year, it happens every two weeks, and no one, people are shocked, but it's like, the youth is always going to continue to make music, and you'll see, like when you said, you know, you played a show the other day, and you're like, there were some kids there, it's great. When the kids are out, you know you're doing something right, Yeah, because... The kids need a place to go and a place to to, to hang out yeah, and they think, need, you know. They need
2: a space to, uh, you know, develop certain ideas. And he really did that. Like, he was, he is an important American artist. Like, is he a, is he GOAT musically? And we've, like, glossed over his records. But there is a lot of good stuff on his records. But I will say it's, like, I think that his records declined. He's, like, out of control in a good way and a bad way. I mean, Antigrass Superstar he, was great. And it's yeah, like, when he had Trent Reznor on, you know, it's like you had a you had someone who was he had the he
0: knew how to make it sound like a blockbuster yeah. for the time here's an I, irony it, i would say about the sound of it is that if you listen to the less let's just say call it how we see it if you listen to the bad records from the aughts, they actually sound dated antichrist superstar sounds fucking fantastic no, it, yeah it still hits it still the slaps the production work is fantastic it could come out today and it would blow people's minds it's still loud and aggressive and it's not using any of these sort of data production techniques it's actually has a real classic in a good way sound yeah as do the the two records big guitars big synthesizers
2: drum sound humongous it holds up better than you well trent reznor that's the thing it's like trent reznor you know because he's sort of he proved himself as a career musician. Where if he stopped singing, he could do soundtracks. He mm-hmm. could he could release. He could yeah. do. You know, I mean, yeah, the old ever. town, the old town road is. Right. His beat, you know, <laughs> right. it's like he's proved that he's that is obviously not a dated sound. Right. Meaning, like the the most the one hit wonder of the year, the music is by Trent Reznor. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like that. So he is understood not to how to not be dated. Right. So it's like yeah, it's like the the sound of Antichrist. It could come out today in a lot of ways. And I think that there are lyrical moments that are really good. Like, if you want to talk about like rock and roll lyrics, like the kind of lyrics that like are propulsive in rock and roll, and you talk something about like irresponsible hate anthem. Yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. first of all, first of all, if you, you know, the, the title, like, let's say that's a poem. The title explains the fucking stuff. But what does he say? I'm all American. I'll sell you suicide guns. I'm totalitarian. Conservatism, right. Right. fascism, I've got abortion in my eyes. Televangelists telling people uh that abortion's a crime. I'll hate the haters, meaning I'm trolling you. I'll right. rape the rapers, meaning like I want you expose the hypocrisies of sex. Right. Uh, you know, I am the animal who will not be himself, meaning I will not comply with with status quo with conformity. Yeah that's a great conversation. That's like four lines of music. Yeah. It's his mission statement. Yeah. He plays plays out a fantasy about America. That's kind of, you know, as a lyricist deserves some credit At
0: at his best. He's able to have something like that, that is both visceral and thoughtful and it reveals these different layers and it can exist with some amount of irony as well. You, when he does it right, you can see that there's a little distance between what he says and what he really may think. That he's doing this in a performative way to make a point. Now, I think the problem is when that's not executed perfectly, it really falls apart. Yeah.
2: Well, what happens in the like, in the same song? It's right. like he decides to like drop the N-word, like the next right. line. The chorus. And, the chorus that and repeats and over and over. It certainly shocked me. <laughs> That was shocking. Now he should not do that. Now we obviously we, we
1: do that. We've done that song when we've you know we've done the three years going and performed it. And there was a conversation when we first did it that was like maybe we shouldn't say that. And I was just like uh, I if we're doing the song, you got to just do that's the, those are the words of the song. And it's not. It became a kind of well, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this or not. And I was like, I'm gonna scream it. I was like, not because I want to make a point, but the song is already out there; it already exists. To Put water up. down
2: Marilyn Manson exactly. for <laughs> a cover set <laughs> right. seems like the fuck you are should you do something else. Right? Right? right. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I don't. I think in 2019, I don't think that the white artist is getting away with that ever again. And I mean, listen, it's no. not just Marilyn Manson; it's John Lennon yeah. and right. it's Patti Smith too. But I, I will just say this: you know, but you shouldn't be dropping that word. No, no. In 2019, that doesn't work. But at those moments in time. John Lennon, Patty Smith, Marilyn Manson, all three of those people were trying to make an intelligent statement that challenged its listeners. Yeah, Yeah. you're not gonna get You can't be the
0: first person to blow open a door by knocking quietly. If you want to start a brand new, very difficult conversation and you want people's fucking ears, you gotta really get their attention. You can't just be timid and unfortunately (laughs) In every past era, there are different ways to do that, and those were the ways to do it then. It's not subversive anymore. No. now you're just being like a bi- now you're like, being a dick because we're in twenty <laughs>
2: we're in twenty nineteen and culture has like decided like like we we just have discussed certain things better. Like the race right. conversation is more prevalent, and and the right. sex conversation is more prevalent. But Marilyn Manson, he he was. Pushing that conversation. I mean, this Uh,
1: was 1999. It was 1999 when that record came out, right? Forget forget
0: having the conversation. All these people had to first make a play as to the legitimacy of why you should even have the conversation. That's your point. Is now you're saying, well, when we talk about these things with race... or Right, but that's because what you don't think about implicitly is every person who's listening to that has already basically agreed to the social contract that this is worth talking about. But before that ever happens, you need people like this or politicians or great thinkers or artists who do it in such a way as to, Make it so unbearably in your face that you have to talk about Mm -hmm. it, that they're deciding you're going to think about it and you're going to talk about it. Because unless they did it and they did it in that way, you just fucking ignore it.
2: I mean, think about N.W.A.'s Fuck the Police. Exactly. exactly. Now, since that record came out, it was a very shocking record and people like really demonized them. Because that was like a demonic statement. Same with- Like, it.
0: very similar to Marilyn Body Man. Count, a- too. WN. Body yeah. Count did the yeah, same cop, thing. Cop killer. Cop killer. Yeah. yeah. Was, and you know what you know. song won't get played? Some cops are bad. You know? Right. Like, you need right. to kick in the door. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: He was playing out a revenge. Fa- That's the thing. In artifice, in fantasy, is truth. And Marilyn Manson is probably one of the best people to ever do that on a record. You know, you could have like a one-hit wonder that makes people think for a second, we're still talking about this. Mm -hmm. This is 20 years later. Right. This is somehow still relevant. And the guy himself is like kind of a fucking loser.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All kinds
2: of artists.
1: It's true. It's amazing. It is like,
2: like he is the kid who is the
1: the kid who everyone wants to hear this weird fucking scrawny who like has a good relationship with his parents. Like he's a picture, you know, before his dad died, he had that picture with his dad where he was dressed up. A good family life. They made him go to Catholic school because that's what, you know, people do with the burbs. And this guy, you know, loves a good grilled cheese and eats (laughs) McDonald's, you know, like it's regular American, regular American who just happened to be in a time that had a lot of money to throw at rock and roll.
2: We didn't even talk about this when he came out with mechanical animals and that body suit. It was amazing. With the breasts on it. That was something where I literally like. I was. I didn't know. I didn't know what the fuck to think about that one. And and now, it's like he was the only. Like the idea of essentially a cis, het, straight. I mean, Marilyn Manson is like maybe identifies as a bisexual, but like I mean, he's he's a queer icon. But I think he he identifies as
1: a straight white guy, though. But but I I I kind of think he does. does. From all interviews. You hear it's about same, him. It's
2: the same thing. Like it's Prince, more him trying
1: to confuse you than it's than it is yeah. him trying to make a statement about his own sexuality. It's more mm. him just kind of being like, "Well, like, yeah, maybe, maybe that guy sucked my dick." You know, like I've yeah. like, watched interviews with him where he's like, "Maybe you're gonna do that to me," and you're like, "It's very the way like Bob Dylan was in interviews where right. suddenly it turns right. it on you, and you're like." am I interviewing you? Are you interviewing me? Like what's going on? Yeah. But it's, it's, that has to be calculated. Otherwise you can't do it. You have to be a little bit ahead of people.
0: He managed to trick the entire fucking country into acknowledging and thinking about trans people, about right body issues, about changing your gender or your sexuality. And maybe it was done in a sort of crazy, flashy, sci-fi, crass way. But think about that, that's the nineties. I mean, think about how long it took for this to be, like you're saying, a mainstream conversation, just like some of the other I conversations. I mean, this was a time now. where gay pop
2: stars were in the closet for the most part. Absolutely. Right? You know what I mean? Like, this at, is the era the where Ricky time, Martin yeah, is still serenading
1: was women. Say, yeah. It's not that hard. All the stuff that we're like we we finally got into in this time it's stuff that's really not that difficult. Being a little bit more open to make letting people be who they wanna be. And I feel like that's wise in that time like Marilyn Manson if Marilyn Manson was a woman it wouldn't have worked in the night like
2: right he had he he had to be an an all-american cis hat white male that came out wearing breasts he had to be like yes it had to be it had to be a reflection
1: you know what I mean where it was like he's a hometown boy gone wrong yeah you know like you could have seen him on fucking Jerry Springer or the Maury show like where it's like here's your son he comes out and he's a goth kid like gotta be scared of that gotta be scared that they're putting on the
0: makeup and then you know it's it's a whole thing when this stuff was coming out i enjoyed it but i was right i was a little like i wasn't quite committing like i am a card carrying marilyn manson fan i'm walking around in park slope there was an old used record store you guys might remember called holy cow on 7th avenue and i'm flipping through their used cds and uh mechanical animals is in there And, and again There's this allure, there's Mystique, the cover's weird. You've heard all this stuff about what a strange, creepy guy this is and what this music is, so I take a chance and I get that CD. And I still think that might be the album that actually holds up the best out of his whole catalog.
2: That album is um, him trying to be the biggest, weirdest pop. Right, act.
1: Yeah. It's the that him. Was, it's the, the David Bowie.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah. It's I mean, it's it's very it's much him. in Bowie prestige. And yeah. I think that album also reveals something that maybe we didn't realize in the previous albums, but maybe now has become clear with that record, which is really his strong suit is writing stadium rock anthems right that's even on those earlier albums that are really indelible are the big fist pumping rock anthems yeah, he was good and at he's it. great yeah. at it it's he,
2: not metal he's a conceptual pop yeah. rock and, and
0: roll it's like, guy yeah
1: all these people go to the same award shows
0: when i was getting into this stuff and and my dad and i would always share music i'd always get my dad into younger music yeah and i'd be playing him stuff and a lot of it he'd like and then some of it he wouldn't as much and i remember i was too young to understand this at the time and much later I realized it's that wisdom of age of coming, uh, of having a longer life and seeing musicians come and go and seeing the trajectories of these careers that as a young person, you're not privy to yet. And then you get it when you're older. I would be playing him this stuff and he would say, you know, I know this stuff is supposed to seem really out there, but you know, this is no different than Britney Spears. Right. And I didn't get that. And I thought, no, it's completely different. And exactly what you're saying, it's like, it is very much still of the same ecosystem. His entire career, right, it starts with, I am the Antichrist. Everything he does is, he's the exact and opposite reaction to something else. Everything he does is, he's defining himself by his opposition. So, I'm not religious, I'm the opposite of religious. I'm not a pop star, I'm an anti-pop star. All these things and the the truth of the matter that you grow to learn is that when you do that when you define yourself in that way you always have a closer connection to what you're in opposition of than somebody who just doesn't give a fuck to so yeah. something, you know, like, like the replacements or something, a band that just isn't interested in making music videos, isn't interested in talking right. to anyone. That's truly something that exists outside of this paradigm. But by Marilyn Manson doing that, yeah, you're right. It's no wonder that, and it's played out exactly the way you're saying, you see pictures of mom on, online, hanging out with Taylor Swift at awards shows right. and that's fine. But like, we as kids didn't get that. We thought, oh, this is just a fucking guy off in his own world, living in a fucking like coffin somewhere. He's sitting no. around with his, you know, his rib cut out and he's got like <laughs> demons and I, I think he he might be strongest as a pop star. You know, yes. like I yeah. mean, Mechanical Animals yeah, is a poppy album.
2: He's really good a lot of the same ways as Eminem, like you brought up. They work in that world. Yeah. And we there was really such a world of pop music where it's like, oh, you turn on MTV, it's like, okay, well, you got like the Backstreet Boys. They're like, well, I don't know about this. And you're like, oh, Britney Spears. are like, okay, well, then you got like Limp Bizkit and, and MTV and that sort of mainstream thing. It had its own universe. And he was best in that universe. Yeah, I think because it had. Cause a lot he doesn't. Of- he doesn't hold up to like the heaviest heavy music, like you said, or the punkest punk, or the most, you know, experimental alternative. Music. Like he does. It's not. That's not what it is.
1: It's not about the songs at the end of the day. It's re- it just it can't. It's be. about if- the mission. It's about I, the statement. I,
2: yeah.
0: But I think there's a few highs that are just unimpeachable. I think right. something like don't like the drugs is one of the absolute best rock songs of the nineties. Yeah, I mean it yeah. just it's perfect in every way that you want a rock anthem to be. He, it has a great sing along chorus and it's soulful it's got it's soulful. a gospel. Chorus. And the yeah. other thing he does that I think is again, he doesn't always do right, but this is what great artists do is they take their influences and they use the best parts of that. So in this case, it's very close to fame by David Bowie. He takes the best parts of that and then he goes further. He adds gospel influence. He adds metal. He adds screaming. He adds what fame doesn't have is fame's not an anthem. Fame's a great song, but it's not an anthem. This rocks hard. You can sing along to it. Now, that being said, what we've talked about, when you do all those things and you create those, there's no such thing as an anthem that's halfway. And unfortunately, I think in the, the first four albums are anywhere between good and great, but afterwards, you can listen to those things and you really feel like he's trying to plug those things in in a forced way, and if it only hits halfway, it's a failure. You, something like yeah. something like Mob Scene on one of those later records, it's, it's literally he's just redoing the Fight Song from Hollywood, yeah. which is a great song, has a great chorus, has an amazing production, and later on it feels like he's just... Doing Marilyn Manson Madlibs, it's like, well, if I do this Marilyn Manson thing, and then I do this kind of a lyric, and then I put like something about religion and something vulgar, that's sort of a Marilyn Manson and that was song, the, the, right?
1: The last record Heaven Upside Down, the song comes out, and it's the lyrics are: When I say God, you say Say Ten, and I've been, I think it's hysterical because <laughs> he came up with this phrase on this record that was spelled out Say, and then. Ten and I started putting it everywhere because I thought it was hysterical <laughs> and people just didn't get it. They're like, I didn't. I was like, just say it. It's funny yeah. and it's like it's so stupid. Right. It's so dumb, but it's like you kind of have to love that. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you came up with this stupid thing that I think is just it goes over so many people's heads, but it's just you being like, yeah, I'm saying Satan,
2: like I'm bad,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm bad. We talked about the sort of method acting perils and the fact that. When you are playing a role that is dark, it's very easy to just fall into it. It's no longer ironic, right. His life just has become one thing in a sort of dark and unproductive way and <laughs> right there's nothing you can make an album like Hollywood clear headed to some degree and have incisive things to say about the nature of or mechanical animals as well, the nature of celebrity, the nature of capitalism, the shallowness of this existence. But does it tarnish his legacy when he spends his days, literally, not on stage, in his real life, drinking absinthe with Johnny Depp? Like, does that sort of undo some of the legacy, or can you keep those two things separate?
1: I think it's like, it, it's, it becomes like, once you see past... You know, you move the blinders away and you see it. Either you can recoil and be like, well, you know, or try to defend your... Or just be like, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where he went and other artists who've done well with that are just like, I don't fucking care. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago when I put out a record. I'm not cutting myself on stage and running around angry anymore. I'm actually really successful now, and I'd rather come out and have a good time and party. Does it seem like, you know... You're going back on things especially you put out something called Hollywood, and you're making it like and then you're a hollywood guy who hangs right. out with yeah. hollywood actors and you know you bring them on stage to play with you even though they're not really very good at guitar and it's like very gimmicky but that's i think being very self-aware is a super powerful thing to do where people can't really question you when you do that yeah you know you put out a song like rock is dead where the whole the all the lyrics are just like Rock is dead. The shock. shock is all it's in all in your in head. Your yeah. head. <laughs> this whole thing is one big smokescreen and you're yeah. all eating it up. You're all fucking stupid. But come to my show. He's definitely talks down to people. Like, so you think that's good, I, bad, or not a big deal? I think it's kind of like, I think it's kind of not a big deal. It's uh. like, it's like he will eventually fizzle out. You won't hear like kids going to Marilyn Manson shows. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see him the same way I've seen like when I went to Slipknot and I'm I've, a 10-year-old and 8-year-old in front of me mm. singing Pantera songs that are playing over. It was, like, kind of crazy. When we've done these shows at the gutter, like, we're going to do November uh, yeah. 2nd. Yep. Um, <laughs> Halloween. Halloween at the gutter, November 2nd. Shameless plug. People show up wanting to see this. Yeah. And I've questioned whether, like, oh, should we do it again? We've done it all these times. And it's, like, in the same way of, like, should he keep doing these shows like maybe he should stop doing these shows but when you do them and you get people people. exactly and you see people who come dressed up for it and are excited and you know that that's that's really i think what it comes down to for musicians and like music and just the excitement of it that really is it's just it's the best part about it why we do this and i think when you talk about like what is goat I wouldn't say he's the greatest of all time in a general span, but if you're going to put it into what he did, is very specific, and you can definitely say it's a lot like Alice Cooper and a lot like other, you know, like vaudeville shots. But in a way, it's rock, like nothing. But it's a, it's totally like nothing else that you've ever seen.
0: It's also kind of crazy that in the last few years, right up until twenty, including 2019, he is having a really profound. Influence on pop music, not yeah. on metal, not on metal or no, even no, rock, no, no, but on exactly. pop music. Lady Gaga, absolutely, is like absolutely. doing
2: Mechanical Animals album predicts the Lady Gaga absolutely. career. Absolutely, you it's still look at there. all the aesthetics involved are very similar to Marilyn Manson. There's you a huge influence. Eilish, the yep. stuff that it's the same like
1: dripping in goo. Yeah, weird. Yeah. The videos of like somebody yeah. Bobby who's Jane, a yeah, new
2: band, it's, and that actually is one of the most Marilyn Manson-like bands I've seen yeah. in a long time. It really. It, it's theatrics.
0: Yeah. You know? Hip hop is having. It, for some reason, Manson is beloved by young hip hop artists now. Yeah. Little Uzi Vert says that Manson is one of his favorite yeah, artists. Yeah, they work together too. It's, They've done oh, things yeah?
1: together. Another one is the actors. is fact, it's like they're like horror, but it's like H09909. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. And they are like another like.
0: Yeah, they're a hip hop group. hip hop group that looks does. just like, like Manson.
1: Manson does metal, and wow. it's really shocking. And it's like they were just on nice. tour with Corn, Alice in Chains, and yeah. Under Oath for the summer. What? Yeah. I was like, you know how people say that every 20 years things resurface. We yeah, went through yeah, this whole yeah. 80s yeah. thing. We're now back in in like metal. the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see Manson coming back around. He just stayed around. He's he's the guy who's he's always a lurker. He's I, always going to keep lurking until he I could see I just don't I think he's addicted to it. The way he's addicted to the fame, he's addicted to the lifestyle, he's addicted to being this character. He loves it. What else is he going to do? And it's like I I can totally relate to that, too. It's like, why not?
0: All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Come see Ian and I in the Spooky Kids playing Marilyn Manson songs at the gutter November 2nd. It's super fun. There's also a bazillion other cover bands. It's always a lot of fun every year. It's basically the most fun you can have in Brooklyn on Halloween. It's also
1: free. And it's free.
0: It is free. Just
1: bring money for the for the booze.
0: How can people hit you up uh, about working with you, King Killer?
1: Uh, just email me, Ian at kks.nyc, or just go to you know look up King Killer, King,
0: King Killer, Killer Studios, King Killer in Brooklyn. Great place to practice, or better yet, record an album with Ian, or play a show, or play a show, whatever. If you're a musician, you should get in touch and check it out. Rock and roll. Thanks so much for listening to What is GOAT? I'm John Severnapolillo. Say tan, I'm Jamie Fry. (laughs) Say tan, I'm Ian. (laughs)